Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. What a mess. Oh my God. What a disaster in Houston last night for the Kings, James. We're not here to do a counseling session? No, this is not. I mean, it is a little bit. <laughs> but look, okay, look. I, I, I'm Kyle Matson. That's James Ham. We're the Insiders. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube. Despite the King's best efforts, we will still be giving away a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate a little bit later on in the show when we tell you who our Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game was. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's coming up uh, in about an hour and a half. So stay locked in to find out how you can win your $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. But if you're looking for, hey, everything's fine. Everything Everything is awesome. Everything's awesome. This is okay. What happened in Houston to the Kings is actually good, and we're going to tell you why. And No, no, no. We're not there. Now, let me caveat everything James and I are about to go over with this. It's game f- six. Five? Six? Six. Game six. Two and four. Of 82. 82. So none of this is to make sweeping declarations about the Kings' hopes this season. We're not looking at the draft. We're not saying they're going to miss the playoffs. None of none of that. None of that. But our job is to react to the information that we have available to us. Their trip to Houston, we're going into that trip last Friday. It started on Saturday. You and I on Friday said this is a this is a a a, a two game set where you go to Houston for two. Even without De'Aaron Fox, you should comfortably win these games because that's the type of team you expect to be where you can comfortably beat a bad Houston team. Albeit young, talented Houston team, but still bad. They're not going to win a lot of games. You should still be able to comfortably beat them even without De'Aaron Fox. Not only do they not comfortably beat them, they get embarrassed twice. And the, the bigger problem for me is you lose on Saturday, stuff happens. Rockets came out hot. Kings couldn't quite climb back into it. Dylan Brooks went out of his mind in the fourth quarter. It's the NBA. They're paid to play too. Yep. I thought what happened last night would be reversed. I thought you would see a fired up, motivated Kings team go out and throttle a worse team. And the opposite happened. Yeah, Kyle, at some point, like, you can't sugarcoat it. This was... An embarrassment. Yeah. Both games were an embarrassment, but to do it twice, same team, and to come out with no vigor, with no energy, and just get just stomped. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. 
watching this team, there's so many things, Kyle, that are wrong that I don't know where to start. But first and foremost, I kind of don't want to hear about the defense anymore. Your offense is flat-out trash. This was the best offense in the league last year, and you tinkered with it, and now it's not good. And I don't know what's going on, but I, I will tell you the pace in the first, in the last three games is so bad that the Kings are by far the worst pace team in the league. And the second one, of course, is the Houston Rockets because they played against the Kings, and so there's <laughs> the same amount of possessions, yeah. right? Yep. Well, we're talking about, what was their pace last night, Kyle? 89.4. 89.4. Is this That's- still like 1986 New York Knicks <laughs> Eight, for 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 context that is their lowest pace for a game and pace is number of possessions per 48 minutes so the higher the number the faster you're yeah. playing the more possessions there are etc cetera, etc cetera. the kings haven't had a pace as low as 89.4 since a December 29th 2021 win over the Mavericks oh wow 95-94 was the final of that game. Okay. And well the problem you have in this is that you had no pace and you still gave up how many points? 100 yeah. It's bad, Kyle. That's bad. 22? 122? So you basically not only did you not play with pace, but you didn't play any defense at all. And so to me like it starts with the offensive end. We can get into all of these numbers, but the the numbers are just... This team was so good last year, and you can expect a drop-off. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect them to fall off a cliff. And right there, like Mike Brown said it in post-game that, you know, that it starts with him. Yep. Like it does. Like whatever's happening here, like you got to fix this thing quick because there's some, something fundamentally wrong right now. Yeah. It's I mean, like, it, it goes back to the conversation we have about the 49ers defense, right? It's like, this is largely the same group of players as last year. Yeah. That's largely going to be the same scheme. They're not playing well. Now you're looking at the coach. And that, that to me, is kind of what, what we're seeing with the Kings. Like, not that Mike Brown should be fired or anything crazy no. like that. That's not the conversation. But it's like, the onus is not... I'm I'm beyond... And we're going to talk about the players because players play, they have to execute, et cetera, et cetera. But I... I I'm beyond talking about Keegan Murray's threes not going down. I'm beyond talking about Kevin Herter's threes not consistently going down. Uh, like all of that, well, it matters, and we'll talk about it. But we're at the point of the season where we have to talk about the source of those problems. Yeah, Kyle. Last season, the Kings were first in two-point field goal percentage at fifty-eight point six. They got easy buckets anytime they wanted. Um, and and uh, that- anytime. Partly because of De'Aaron Fox's ability to get to the rack whenever he wants. But that's go part of it. That's part of it. But, right, that's, but that's that's not all. Not of the it. entire issue for sure. All right. This right now they're twenty second. They are at fifty two point seven. They're six percent lower in two point field goal percentage than they were last year. Like their their true shooting number. They were number one in the league last year. Right now they're twenty seventh. Effective field goal percentage. They were number two in the league last year. They're twenty sixth. These are stats that, like, you look at, and Kyle, I told you this while we were tuning up for the show. They're not even turning the ball over. They're number two in the league in the fewest turnovers per game at, like, 12.8. This is just straight up they can't hit shots. They're not getting good looks. They're not hitting the good looks they do get. 
And I don't know what it is, but for the first, like, five minutes of the game, we saw last year's offense. Yeah, and, and, and they were cruising. It, and then it went away. You're like, what happened? Where'd it Almost, go? I, I, I texted you during, and we have your, your six quick thoughts, which we'll, which we'll get to uh, as soon as we can here, because those are always a fun little deep dive into the game. But I texted you during the game, and I said, when was the last time Keegan Murray took a three with his feet set? Yeah. And then, sure enough, gets a dribble handoff, comes off, sets his feet, top of the key, buries a triple. Buries it. It's like, hey, there, there it was. is. Later on, dribble handoff with Kevin Herter. He gets rid of it, flows to the corner, kick out to Kevin Herter, three from the corner, bang, bang. Like, okay, there's there's the Kings offense. They're going to roll tonight. Here we go. And then it just <laughs> went away. They just stopped uh, doing it. it, they, it s- they started walking the ball up the court, Kyle. It, it, no pace at all. It was a baffling two games in Houston. And again, not even, not even, ah, you know what? Houston made shots. Kings didn't move on. There's a, there's something, there's a fundamental problem with whatever the Kings are doing. Yeah. And to me, that goes to Mike Brown. And, and you mentioned Mike Brown's post game presser. We'll have some sound from Mike Brown a little bit later on. Uh, let's very quickly get to your first of your six quick thoughts. Uh, as we, as we begin with Demonis Sabonis. Yeah. They were out Sabonis. Hmm. Um, Demonis Sabonis played Alperin Shengun to a draw on Saturday. Uh, he didn't even get off the team bus in this. So I don't know what's going on with Sabonis. Um, he finished with eight points, eight rebounds, four assists, four turnovers, and four total shots, Kyle. He took four <laughs> shots. What he should, the- be, he should be minimum four shots a quarter, bro. <laughs> yes. Four, four in a game? Four in a game. So I, I, This is where... This is where my my hang up with Sabonis is is like we know he's skilled enough to go score and his thought process in a game like last night is not I need to take over I need to go get us some easy buckets I need to get to the free throw line this is on me it's okay let me start distributing let me try and get everybody else going and he winds up taking four shots he tried in the early third quarter to take over. I yep. saw what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So here's one of my things. Like Mike Brown wants to say, play defense without fouling. Physicality, physicality, physicality. If the Sacramento Kings need to know what Mike Brown's talking about, why don't you watch the tape of the Houston Rockets? Because that's exactly what they did. They manhandled Demonis Sabonis. And he had nowhere to go. And it, again, it's a schematic issue. I don't know what's happening, how it is that all of a sudden they can't play offense, but like all they do is surround him. It's like, all right, can't do anything now. We got you surrounded. <laughs> and then the Kings aren't capitalizing. No, the Kings can't capitalize at all. They're, the cutting is bad. Uh, missing open threes is a problem. Like, But I don't know, spacing's bad. It's... It, and. Uh... I, I I don't know, man. <laughs> I just... Wait, I was at well, a loss for words. No, I am. It, it's four shots for your second best player in a game where your best player didn't play. No. That just doesn't track to me. I don't care what kind of defense they're playing. Figure out... And again, this goes back to the coaching staff. Figure out a way to get them open then. Yes. Figure out a way... I. I this plays into a... Uh, let's, let's hit the next one. Okay, we're gonna have to push. We're gonna have to go to this segment for next segment, but go on. That's fine. the The next one is search party. Uh, can someone find Harrison Barnes? Harrison Barnes to the white courtesy. Maybe he's, maybe he's still in Utah. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on. 
but he he was incredible in the opener uh, in this game. Holy cow! Harrison Barnes scores three points on one of six shooting. He had one assist, and Kyle zero rebounds, zero in twenty two minutes. So your number one and your number two options are combined for ten shots. And of those 10 shots, I barely hit any of them. Like, again, where these are your two leaders right here. That's why I put them first. Where are they demanding something different and and pushing the tempo and demanding that their teammates move and get open or find them? Like, this is the problem right here. Did you get to Harrison Barnes' full line? No. Along with his three points, he dished out an assist and had zero boards. That's why I said that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. I just <laughs> you just want to make sure everyone really knows he had make, zero rebounds. No, I was I was, <laughs> I was looking up his his stats by by quarter, and I didn't I didn't hear you say the full line. Oh it's, yeah, yeah. It's just, and I, this comes back to I, I guess I'm overly hard on Harrison Barnes, but it's like, where where is where'd he go? Why yeah. is he just absent in a game where, hey, you know what? A veteran who sees the this game kind of unraveling early, hey, he's so get to the line, go drive, go do yes. literally anything. Get to the line again and Grab again. Grab a and rebound, again. get an extra possession. Yes, go fight for an offensive board. Get a put back in an end. Get the get. Kyle, there are plenty of missed uh, field goals. There are plenty there of are offensive so rebounds to be had. Plenty. Yeah. All right. Tough. We'll pick up six quick thoughts on the other. This is how they're all going to go, by the way. Not a lot of <laughs> not a lot of sunshine and rainbows coming out of coming out of Houston after the Kings were blown out last night. Uh, One twenty-two to ninety-seven was the final. There, the Kings dropped to two and four. Houston moves to three and three on the year. We'll continue talking about this on the other side of the break. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN thirteen twenty. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Sometimes it's best to laugh. Yeah, I feel like here we are listening to Smooth Jams. Have a little Tuesday overreaction. That's, we're just reacting. I don't think... Here's an overreaction to the Kings' loss last night. 122-97 to Houston in Houston. Here's an overreaction. Um... Fire Mike Brown. That's an overreaction. Saying, wow, they played like garbage for two games in Houston. That's just reacting. That's just being that's honest. That's a regular reaction. Yeah. Well, and Can I, we have an underreaction Tuesday? I, like, I, I think they're good. Yeah. I love the way they played. <laughs> <laughs> it's sunny. Everything is awesome. Everything's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, look, I think at some point, though, you do need to have, like, moments like this where you know like everyone is watching the same thing everyone is frustrated you're you're watching a team completely unwind on the court and you have no idea why and we keep pointing to like to issues to like numbers and and percentages and things that that don't make sense but the king's identity is is missing right Mm -hmm. now that's that's the biggest thing so uh, until you find an identity, and and I'll say like it's it's not good when it starts to spread throughout the whole group no. because the third 
the third thought, the third quick thought from last night's game, yeah. was a vanishing. Uh, Malik Monk was was my player of the week last week uh, on the Kings beat. Yep. Um, he, he was spectacular, averaged 18.7 points per game. Uh, he picked up three quick fouls and finished with five points and two assists. Like, he's the energy guy. And came in and looked like like he was frustrated, like, what is happening here? And then, like, I, I'm okay if I'm not playing. That's what it looked like. It, it To me, it was really strange to see some of the reactions from the players, like, well, this isn't what we signed up for. Yeah, there was no, there was no fight. There was no, Malik Monk is the type of player that you expect in a game like that, even if nobody else gets going. He's yeah. going to put up 20 shots, and he's going to score 30 points, and hey, you know what? The Kings got housed, but man, Malik Monk really put on a show. It, there was nothing. And coming off of a game, had they blown out Houston in the first game and then came out and laid an egg like that, you're going, ah, all right. Is that it took a night off. Don't love it, but fine. But again, th- that's where that's where the reaction comes from for me is this is you're compounding all of this, everything that we've gone through. You have Demonis Sabonis taking four shots. You have Harrison Barnes getting three points and an assist and no boards on five shots. You have Malik Monk, two for six, five points, two assists, and a board. These are your guys that you need to rely on when De'Aaron Fox is not in the game. Not only did they not play well, like you said, they vanished. They checked out. Yeah. And that's, that's something I don't understand. That is just completely incongruous with what we saw from this team last year where every night it was, hey, somebody is stepping up, whether it's, you know what you're getting from Fox and Sabonis, but sometimes it's Monk, sometimes it's Herter, sometimes it's Keegan, sometimes it's Barnes, and now it's no one. Kyle, I I don't think I remember a single game last season that felt like this game. No, I can't either. I think that's the problem where you're like, hey, like, sure, they went 0-4 to start the season last year. But this feels different. It feels like something's like way off, and I'm not sure what it is, but they just really and, and if you can't get energy out of Malik Monk, something's gone horribly wrong. Um, let's get to our fourth quick thought. Yeah, uh, missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, Davion Mitchell is a tireless worker. I know he is. He's he's a really good defender. He's all over the place on defense. He is. Um, but this was his chance to show that. Like, he can run his own team. This is one of those opportunities. And it was an opportunity for him to get back in the flow and back on the right side of of things, you know, to get a rhythm because he's going to get more expanded minutes. This has been a disaster. Like, I thought he was fine against against Golden State. Mm -hmm. That's a game where you build off of it. You're going into two games in Houston where, again, it's a young team, but you're going to go up against Fred Van Vliet. Uh, the good thing about Fred Van Vliet is he doesn't tower over the top of you, so it's not like, you mm-hmm. know, Davian's got to go into a game where he's defending, say, I don't know, Lamelo Ball at six six or six mm-hmm. seven, or he's defending Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. No, this is a guy who's your size, yeah, and just the whole entire thing. Like, I don't want to put all of what's happening on him, but you pulled out De'Aaron Fox of of the lineup and you put in Davion Mitchell. And the pace went from 104 to 96, like, at the blink of an eye. Yeah. Like, over the last three games. I think it's down to 95 over the last three games, their pace is. Mm-hmm. And, like, where is the understanding that this is how this team plays? 
Yeah, and just the like, offensive go. urgency. Go. Just in general. Yeah. It's not get rid of get rid of the ball to Domas and then everybody's moving and then it's a dribble handoff and people are still moving. Okay, then there's a drive and there's a kick and it's one more pass and you get a buck. It, there's none of that. It's just this plodding slow. You said the 85 Knicks and I think that's a perfect example. Yeah, it's maybe just, maybe like, even like mid nineties. Mid nineties. This is like Josh Childress running sideways, uh, or so, Charlie Ward. You know, like yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like this team is just stuck in mud. And again, this is an opportunity where Davion could show that not that he's a thirty point per game scorer, but that he's a guy that can run a team when the star goes down. And the fact is, uh. Mike Brown went to Jordan Ford before the end of the first quarter. Mm. I mean, that's he Not was great. searching. He first it was it was Colby Jones, and Colby Jones was like couldn't bring the ball up the court. Then they switched to to Jordan Ford, and this isn't a slide on Jordan Ford. Shout out to Jordan Ford who got his first NBA bucket last night. You know, good for you, local kid. This is great, but mm-hmm. they had to go to a, a two way player in the first quarter to try to find something. And that's where you start to look at an accountability thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening? How come you can't, like, not play like De'Aaron Fox, but play in the system that De'Aaron Fox has, has basically helped build Yeah, and, and keep the pace, keep the, the offense flowing? And uh, that's that's a problem. I agree. I, that, that just, that can't happen. They're too talented elsewhere, and this offensive system works too well, as we saw last year. To have a game where losing, fine, whatever, but having a game where you're that flat, two games in a row where you're that flat offensively, yeah, that just doesn't track for me. That doesn't make that doesn't make much sense. Number five. Uh, number five. Uh, the bright spot. Hey, sunshine, rainbows. I thought Kevin Herter was active and he hit his threes. Uh, it was welcome side. He 13 points and five of ten. Um, he had three makes from long range. Kevin Herter looked like he had a bounce in his step. He looked like he was fighting. He looked like he was engaged and part of the the solution, not part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think Kevin's done a good job of fighting to try to like sort of regain who he is as a player. Mm-hmm. And he's doing the other things to try to you know get out of this funk that he's in. Uh, but this was a good game for him and kind of a wasted opportunity. I think of all the people that you saw on the court, um, especially with the first and second units, he was the one that was actually had energy, had, you know, was trying. Mm-hmm. This and is a night This is a night where he could have made a difference. He goes two for four from three in the first quarter. Yep. But they were down 10. And then by half, they're down 15. And then he's out midway through the third quarter and not playing in the fourth. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a bummer. But you like to see him get going a, a little bit because you know it's coming. You know the avalanche is coming where he has three or four games in a row where he's hitting 70-plus percent or something insane like that. He's just too good to be as bad as he's been. So this could have been one of those games last night. He just didn't get didn't get the opportunity. Well, that and I I would remember go back to last year when Keegan Murray had a couple of shooting slumps and Mike Brown left him in a game really late of uh of like two games of mm-hmm. that had gotten out of control. Like why why is Keegan Murray in the game? It's like because he needs to get right, mm-hmm. and we're gonna let him get right on the court. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have liked to have seen like let Kevin build off of that and like give him a little bit of burn late just to see. Or does I thought that Ellis played really well? <laughs> or does or, or does keeping Kevin Herter in the game just kill his confidence more? All yeah. the starters are out, and it's like, yeah, hey, you go play. 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if that would have been helpful long term. Hey, Alex Len was in. I like. I was waiting for uh, Philip P- uh, Petrusif. I don't like, want. Hey, I I don't want to derail this, and I I don't want to get too far into the backup center thing. But I might just be out on Javale moving forward. I might see what Alex Len's got. Let we can we can put a pin in that and talk Javale, about it later. Javale scored ten to, points again. I mean, you're to, relying on him for double di- double figure scoring. Yeah, no, Kyle, no, and I told yeah, you if no, you're no, relying no. on Javale for double figure scoring, the season is lost. Hey, uh, only a minus. Uh, what was he last night? Only a minus eleven. Oh, that's not bad compared to all the minus twenties in the starting lineup. <laughs> uh, our six quick thought uh, better question mark. Uh, Keegan Murray started to find a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he dropped in 12 points on two of six from long range, added five rebounds, still not great, but an improvement. I thought there were moments where he looked like Keegan Murray. And then we started seeing the off balance stuff. And Mm -hmm. again, I I thought we would have seen a much more motivated Keegan Murray against Jabari Smith. Yeah. Jabari Smith had a really good couple of games. So here's, here's my theory on what's going on with, with Keegan Murray. And we can dive into this after the break. Okay. But, my theory is that he's being aggressive the wrong way. Like they told him be more aggressive and he's translated that into shoot it immediately instead of getting to a good shot. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a little bit, and, and you can respond on the other side, whether you agree or disagree. I would love that. Love to have that discussion with you. We will continue diving into uh, the disaster that was the Kings trip to Houston, but James and I, Got a couple of big time wins last night with Monday Night Football. Real quick football talk, and then we'll get back into the into the commiserating about the Kings, and we'll hear from head coach Mike Brown as well. That's all coming up next on the Insiders, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Matson. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Commiserating. Being angry. Trying to joke about it. Chatty House is doing a great job of, of dealing with a bad loss via humor. And I think that's a good space to be in as a fan. 
that's a good spot to be in where you can look because, again, we're couching everything we're saying as we take a flamethrower to the Sacramento Kings. We're, we're couching it all under the umbrella of it's game six of 82. Nobody's getting fired. Nobody's no. getting traded. Nobody's getting nothing, nothing dramatic. De'Aaron Fox still isn't in the lineup. That's obviously going to help. Trey Lyles returning will help, and we'll, we'll, we'll dive into all of that later as we start to look ahead. If you're De'Aaron Foxo, are you looking at this and going, hey, who switched out my Ferrari motor for like a VW bug motor? I'm so happy you didn't say Honda Civic. No. Everybody always says Honda Civic, and I drive a Civic, and it's done great for me. You know, because a VW bug has such a distinctive noise, and that's what it looks like right now. Hmm. Like that, you know, when you hear- Kind of sputtering. Yeah, you hear a bug roll up, you know it's a bug. (laughs) Yeah. Especially yeah. the old ones, yeah. Yeah, the old ones, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a bug. Yeah. And yep. you can smell it. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Smell you smell the gasoline. Even, you can smell the gasoline. You can also smell, like, the seats disintegrating. Like, that's what that <laughs> smell is inside. Like, yeah. M- my brother had a bug. I had a bug. That was our first cars. Uh, no no yeah. matter no matter what happened in the history of that car, it always smells like smoke on the inside. Oh, yeah. Even if nobody ever smoked inside that car, it smelled like cigarettes, bro. Yeah. It's vinyl, thousand percent vinyl breaking down. That's what. The, and then if you've ever like flipped the seat over in a bug, it's all that weird like, like I don't know. It, it's a treasure map. It is. It's not. Good. If you follow that, you will find the fountain. It's all, it's all springs, and then this really weird sort of. Uh, it's probably asbestos. I, I don't know. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> Your disease infested she- uh, seats. I, hey, real quick before we get back to the Kings, yeah, a happy thing that happened last night. Oh, we were awesome, Kyle. Dude, you and I crushed it in fantasy. We did week, crush though. it. We, we both won. <laughs> both pulled out Ws. Congratulations to me and James Ham on our fantasy victories this weekend. Uh, I had to squeeze one out with that. Well, nope. Hey, pause. Uh, so congratulations to James and I. Uh, thank you. Thank you, everybody. It's so great. Wow, listen to the chatty house applauding us. It's so great. No, you and I had to, uh, let's see, how am I going to say this? You and I uh, had narrow victories this yes. weekend. Yes. I was on pins and needles hoping that Austin Eckler didn't end up with four touchdowns because then I would have lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up with a pretty solid uh, it's a pretty solid like 104 to 92 win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Kyle, I, I did the unthinkable this weekend. What'd you do? I fired off a, a direct message to Faraz Siddiqui and asked him who to start. No, hey, you know what? Hey, <laughs> shout out. You know what? No, shout out to you. That's just, no, that's just good fantasy managing by you. Understanding that sometimes you have to go to a consultant, and that's totally fine. I, I had three wide receivers that nope. I, I was looking at. I, I did had, you not ask a question during Fantasy Friday at ten thirty every Friday with Faraz Siddiqui? Well, we got later in the week though, and things started to change. So I, I hit him up. I said Chris Olave, Puka Nakua, because Puka started uh, was hurt, and uh, and Stafford was ruled out. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to start Puka. Or the other was uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, he told me I would probably go Chris Olave. At the last second, I didn't give him all the information, which I should have. The guy I was playing against started uh, started Howell. Sam Howell. Yeah, so I decided to start McLaurin just to cross-cancel any touchdown sure. at the last second. 
Um, and it ended up being like uh, McLaren finished with three uh, seven point three versus ten point six. So Alave would he would have got me an extra three points. But okay. if there would have been a touchdown throw, then I would have cross canceled. Sure, was, that was my motivation. Good there. strategy by you. Um, yeah, we'll get back to Kings there in a second. I just. I had a bunch of guys on by this week. So I, my receivers were Michael Wilson, who didn't play, Alan Lazard, who got 3.6 points. I had to start Ezekiel Elliott, who had 6.5 points. I accidentally started Geno Smith, who had like less than 4 points against Seattle. Still pulled out the dub. No big deal. Shout out to Noah Brown and uh, and his quarterback, CJ Stroud, for racking up uh, nearly 30 points for, for old Noah Brown. Wow. Dallas Cowboys legend. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so him and Josh Jacobs and Dalton Kincaid carried me. Just put me right back in the mix, yeah. man. Yep, me same. and me and the points. oldest, me and the oldest, we have our fantasy team, uh, and we have we share the team, so it's good. We're right back in the mix. All right, that's our fantasy talk for the day. Back to the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> good segue. Thanks. We're the insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. Speaking of Jiffy Lube, the Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game. We will tell you who that is in the next hour. Uh, we gotta we gotta figure out who the heck it's gonna be first. I don't think because, we're going to be nice, Kyle. Yeah, I don't think so. It may, it may not even be a Sacramento King this week. Um, Mike Brown, after the game, we've, we've talked extensively about the Kings' problems today, but I think everything kind of comes back to Mike Brown because the onus is now going to be on him to, A, get the team in the right mindset. Like, attitude reflects leadership, right? Shout out yeah. to Julius Campbell. So it's up to him to do that and manage this adversity that the team is currently going through. Which, yeah. if you're trusting a coach to do that, like, hey, Mike Brown is one of the guys that, that you would like to have in that spot. You're, but then there's also these schematic changes as well. Yeah, you're quoting, I, I don't know who you're quoting there, but I, I just keep thinking of the, the guy on Saturday Night Live that yells, just fix it. <laughs> fix it. <laughs> you know, right. fix it. That's it. Uh, ju- that's Julius Campbell's from Remember the Titans. Oh, okay, gotcha. When he and Gary Bertier, okay, he's like, I'm with you. Stick or push on the line every time, and you blow right past him. Push him. Pull him. Do something. <laughs> you can't run over everybody in this league. And every time you do, you leave one of your teammates hanging out to dry. Me in particular. <clears throat> All right. Anyways. That's Demonis Sabonis. We need this <laughs> We need this conversation from Demonis Sabonis uh, at today's practice. All right. Um, Mike Brown, put it very plainly to open his press conference on on what went wrong for the Kings last night in Houston. Give uh, Houston credit. They kicked our behind, uh, starting with me. And they kicked my behind and on down the line. Um, they came ready to play tonight and punched us in the mouth, and we didn't respond. Yep. I have yes. no notes. Like, that's what happened. I'm so glad he didn't get up there and try and, like, sugarcoat it. No, and it try and spruce it up. He didn't waste words. Very, he didn't drop profanity, which we couldn't play on the radio. Right, like it was very oh, clean, very to the point, and one hundred percent accurate. One team got off the team bus, got to the the arena, was ready to play. One team was not. One team got their blanks kicked. I think you can say ass. Okay, they got their ass kicked, Kyle. There you go. Howdy, babe. There it is. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't, like, that's, I'm happy that he just said that and wasn't like, oh, you know, it's a tough, tough night, and if a couple more shots go down, maybe it goes, di-. like, nah, man, you just got smoked. Yeah. And that that's how it goes sometimes. No, it's oh, not good. So then he broke it down a little bit, and 
here's Mike Brown on what he believes is the crux of the issue. And James, you had disagreed with this a little bit, but but let's hear Mike Brown first. When you look at the game and you watch us defensively, just how many times in the first half somebody on the weak side block ducked in front of our defender and caught the ball at the charge line. I don't know if I've been part of any situation where we gave up four or five duck-ins to where the duck-in was at the charge line. That's just the evidence of uh, them kicking us in our behind. Mm. Yeah. Uh, So you had, I don't want to say you took issue with that necessarily, but you think maybe there's more to it than uh, some duck-ins. Well, clearly the duck-ins are the issue (laughs) on the defensive side of the ball. My problem is... Uncontested duck in. Yes, the duck ins are are <laughs> going to be the death of us, Kyle. <laughs> I mean, I, I think uh, duck ins might need to be one of our buttons that we we push on the on the board. Um, Mike Brown saying duck ins. My yes, maybe. Okay. My problem is that Mike and I, I totally get it. It's it's who he is to his core. It he is a defensive minded coach. And he cannot handle the fact that his defense is bad and he couldn't handle it last year. And so his first instincts are to, to start telling us what's wrong with the defense. Man, your offense is not good. And you tinkered with your offense. The thing you need to hit shots, you need to get back to who you were last year. Like there is something systemically wrong with your offense right now. And it's not just about missed three-point shots. There's something wrong. You can't run the ball. You're not moving. There is no energy. Everyone's standing around. Mm -hmm. It's easy to muck up because that's what's happening. You can't even do cuts because the defense is just like basically standing in the key because like, well, what are you going to do? You you guys can't do anything. Right. Like how did the, the greatest offense in the history of the NBA, according to offensive rating last season – go from what they were last year to you show up with the same exact players and this is what you look like. That's a huge problem. Here are the two things I think it would tell you. One, I think you would point to De'Aaron Fox being out. But again, we've, we've established that there are bigger problems than that. I think the second thing he would say is the way you can get out and run is by getting stops. And he would tell you it's hard to get out and run and you're pulling the ball out of the hoop and this and that and da-da-da-da-da. I don't necessarily I, I mean he's that's that's right, but I don't think that explains everything that's going on. And and part of me wonders if maybe he doesn't address that because he's not gonna A, he hasn't looked at film yet. And B, he's not gonna come out and press her and go, here's the adjustment we're going to make. Or here's what we've self-scouted is wrong. It, that's something they're probably gonna want to keep internal. But I I, I I tend to, at first, uh, uh, so against Golden State, the first game that De'Aaron Fox was out, you saw the Kings play great defense. Clay Thompson hits a shot. They weren't great offensively, but, you know, you live with it. And my initial instinct was, okay, well, they struggled a little bit defensive or offensively because they were really good on defense, and they're still figuring out that balance. But that's not been the case the last two nights. They've been good on neither end. And... I I think there's something there's something to that where Mike Brown is so heavily focused on the defensive end. It's like, bro, you 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 also have to score. Like, <laughs> getting stops is definitely part of it, but but 
you can't keep running an offense where it's Keegan Murray shooting off balance shots and it's it's uh, Kevin Herter shooting it from 35 feet out and uh, Demonis Sabonis driving into a lane where there's nine players standing underneath the basket. It's just not going to – nothing they're doing is either working nor sustainable. Yeah, they're getting pushed way too far out. They're yeah. trying to start their offense like a foot or two behind the three-point line, sometimes two or three feet, four feet. Right. And that's not who they were last year. Yeah, it was like free throw line last year. Yeah, like like we're, teams are just pushing, pushing, pushing them away from the basket. So even if Kevin Herter does come off the DHO, he turns around, he's 27 feet from the basket. It's triple handoff. And yeah, so if he wants to shoot the three from there, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But that's a long shot. Yeah, I mean, clearly, the closer mm-hmm. you get to the the three point line, the actual line itself, the more accurate most players are. Yeah, uh-huh. you're just making the the shots more difficult, and it feels like that's the like what teams are doing. And where's the counter? Like, where is it? And that's what I thought. So that's what I thought the entire offseason would be about. Yeah, like putting counters in for what teams were throwing at them, and for what teams might throw at them. Like, isn't that the goal of the offseason is to self-scout and look and say, okay, here's games where we played poorly offensively. What did it look like? Okay, here's what this team took away. How do we fix that? Oh, here's Golden State across seven games. Here's what they did. How do we fix that? And you'd think that that, but that's clearly not what happened. Or if it did, it's just not, it's not landing. It's not being coached properly or it's not being picked up by the players because... It, a, it doesn't look like it looked last year. No. B, it's much slower than it was last year. And C, there's, it's not, okay, here's what it looked like last year. Oh, but here's a curveball. Here's a wrinkle. Here's something a little bit different. Here's something that an opposing defense has to adjust to, where the Kings are going to get eight, nine, ten consecutive baskets or ten consecutive good looks because a team hasn't adjusted defensively on the fly. Like There's been none of that, even with De'Aaron Fox in. Kyle, there should have been organic growth of the offense, mm-hmm. which includes like wrinkles that you're talking about, mm-hmm. different back cuts, mm-hmm. uh, different movement here and there, mm-hmm. but not to scrap everything, just just build off of what you had. Like this was a group of players who just got together. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they accomplished what they did in 82 games last year is extremely impressive, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if you look like Demonis Sabonis, Trey Lyles were acquired at the deadline but then they really didn't even hardly play together, right? right? And, and then De'Aaron Fox barely played with those guys because there was injuries, there was children being born, there were things going on, right? You get to the offseason last year and you added Malik Monk, you added Keegan Murray, you added Kevin Herter. So when you put this thing together, most of the group was new mm-hmm. and they were able to accomplish this you know, wild feat of being this like juggernaut on the offensive end. Yeah. Well, that should have just, if you're going to run it back, if you're going to bring the same guys back, I get it. You need to make some defensive adjustments to get better, right? For sure. But there should have been just like standardized growth from the group of players who all of a sudden have a year under their belt together. And then they're going to integrate a couple of new pieces, uh, which is where, again, I think having JaVale McGee, Makes a huge difference because sure. JaVale McGee with Malik Monk is that elite uh, rim-running lob threat, which he has been. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great. So that would have been a new wrinkle. And the Sasha Vizenkov thing would have been a new wrinkle. And Chris Duarte, who can create for himself a little bit, maybe that's a new little wrinkle. Mm-hmm. But those were supposed to be like small wrinkles that you're adding in. 
I don't understand why there was a massive change to what was happening on the court, unless it's because in a seven-game series against Golden State Warriors, you somehow got beat in Game Seven. Like that team, just, you know, it, it is what it is. Like there's, there's just no way that they looked at what happened in a seven-game playoff series where they played the same team seven times, where that team has been to the finals uh, half a dozen times, and went, "Oh, we need to get rid of everything we were doing." Yeah, they figured it out. Like that's crazy. Teams lose playoff series all the time without scrapping everything they're doing on the offensive side. Yeah, and I get yeah. the emphasis on the on, on defense, but that to me would make it even more vital to just do what you were doing offensively. Just because, do it better and, because, and get players that can do what you do in yeah. your offensive scheme that are better defenders. You know, like that's. That's how you improve this team. It's what we've always known that like, yeah, in order for this team to take the next step, they can get better defensively just by by working on some things. Mm-hmm. But in order to take the huge step, you have to have better defensive players. And the key is mm-hmm. to like hoard your assets when there's an opportunity to go get a better defensive player, but who doesn't force you to take a huge step back offensively, you go land that player. Mm-hmm. You you try to make incremental increases around until you get to a certain point. Now, again, sure. we're six games into the season, so we are overreacting to a lot of what's happening, but it's the way the team's played. It's not about one loss. Like, I, I would never get upset. Like, we came in here after Clay Thompson hit a shot with 0.2 of a second left on the clock, and we were honest. I said, a Hall of Famer hit a shot with 0.2 seconds left. You lost. That's it. The dude's, a, the dude's the first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He hit a shot. And he hit a shot because you were double teaming the other first ballot Hall of Famer right. and got the ball out of his hands. You did a great job. Mm-hmm. He hit the shot. Sometimes the shot goes in. Sometimes the shot goes in, you move on. Mm-hmm. And that's where we were. So, like, we get to this stage, though, where, like, again, Houston, I don't think we're not going to look at the end of the season and think, holy cow, Houston won 47 games. They're really good. No. That's not where we're going to be. No. I don't At least think I so don't think. No, I'd be I'd be floored <laughs> if we got there. Anything's possible, right? But I'd yeah. be I'd be very surprised. So this is here's here's the thing. And again, everything we're saying here is couched in their seventy six more games. Yes, the Kings could go fifty six and twenty. That's the wrong. Yeah, no, fifty six and twenty the rest of the way. And this, I don't think they will necessarily. But yeah. you get it. You could win. 50 and 26 the rest of the way. That sounds better. And we forget about these games. We go, hey, remember that game in Houston? Wow. That's crazy that that happened. Early season basketball, right? It, right. But again, we're reacting to, to the information we have now. This is the most, and, and I want to I want to relay this Mike Brown sound into, into a question I wanted to ask based on something you just okay. said. So you were breaking down all the changes and stuff over, over the course of the offseason and, and trying to add new wrinkles. So here's what Mike Brown said last night, and then I'll have, a, I'll have a question for you off this. The tough part about it, our spirit got deflated, and we didn't have anybody uh, out on the floor that could bring it back up. And so that, that also was, was tough to watch. That's, I think, the part that bothers me the most about last night's game and why why... I think we're we're being so heavy-handed with this today, and maybe you know if somebody thinks we're overreacting, like that's fine. But that's the problem right there. They got embarrassed in Houston two nights ago, two nights ago, and 
you'd expect a good team like the Kings to bounce back and have a better game on Monday after losing Saturday night in bad fashion. Mm-hmm. And they did. They didn't. And that's their spirit got broken, is what Mike Brown just said. So, and and courtesy, um, just to uh, thank you to NBC Sports uh, California for that audio. So, do you think any of this has to do with the the way this preseason started, with taking Kevin Herter out of the lineup and putting Chris Duarte in and making it very clear in a press uh, not a press conference but in a in a press scrum saying i'm gonna do whatever it takes to get out of being 24th in defensive rating we will not be 24th over my dead body will we be 24th in defensive rating again this year or 25th or 26th or whatever number he said i think he actually said exactly what you just said he started adding 25 and 26 (laughs) then 79th no so uh, do you think any of this has to do with that where that was just such an emphasis this offseason that that you have players worried about their playing time now, making sure that they're trying to do the right thing defensively, hoping they messed up defensively, so now they're worried about getting taken out, and now it's messing up their offensive game. Is there any validity to that for you? Okay, so I'll say this. I think the reason why we've seen Kevin Herter have such a tough time was because you shook him a little bit. I, mm. I That's what I, I would okay. think, that like Kevin Herter, but... Kevin Herter started to snap out of it. He's not the problem. Just like JaVale McGee's not the problem. Like (laughs) when you lose by 30, JaVale McGee's not the problem. (laughs) I'm so happy JaVale's not the problem. No, like (laughs) again, like we're going to look at like the list of people that were a problem in this game. Mm -hmm. Like JaVale McGee is like number 12 or number 11 and Mm -hmm. Kevin Herter is like number 12. Like these guys weren't the problem in this game, but did they I don't I don't think that that caused like this issue, this rift okay. that we're seeing. But what I do think that the the emphasis on defense making some sort of changes to your offense, but the really high folk is focus on defense, maybe you didn't need to make changes on the offensive end. Maybe you just needed to let things flow and and let it work itself out and then play better defense. Um, I don't think that the players are playing so hard on defense that they don't have it on the offensive end. I think that somebody has to start yelling at the players every single possession to run the ball up the court because it's just not okay. Like, and yeah. again, their defense is better, which means Kyle, they're getting more rebounds. It means there there should be more transition opportunities. There should be yeah. more opportunity just to push the tempo, get the ball across <laughs> the mid court line, and get into your offensive set earlier without the defense set. There should be more of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. But when you match this defensive intensity with the team walking the ball up, getting the ball across half court, 17 seconds left on the shot clock, not even getting into their offense until 12 or 13 seconds left in the shot clock. It's like, what is happening? In a free-flowing movement offense, no. you're not going to get a good shot in 12 seconds. No, it's over. Mo- mo- at least more times than not. No, this team can get a good shot in three seconds, mm-hmm. but... It has to start with the pace that got you to that point. Right. And that's where we're at. This team is not moving with the same pace. They're not moving with the same energy. There's a major, major disconnect with how this team is structurally supposed to move the ball up and down the court. Yeah, and and maybe it's as easy as hitting a button and going, hey, do what we did last year. Just scrap everything, do what we did last year on offense. And But the problem is, is okay, Chris Duarte wasn't here last year. Yeah, Sasha Vizenkov wasn't here last year. Uh, it, it wasn't 
it's not going to be exactly the same like player for player. And there's not a ton of practice time during the year where you can go in and just reinstall new concepts or make these massive sweeping changes. Like everything's going to be really incremental. And I, I think they're going to be fine long term. I'm not worried about them, you know, into March and April yet. But it's definitely not a promising sign out of the gate. Yeah, there. I, I want to make one more point, but Kyle, we can wait till after the break. That's a great tease. James is going to make a point, and we'll try and find some. We'll get we'll get into the good, bad, and ugly. We're going to start off with good. We're going to try and find a little bit of good last night uh, for the Kings on the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN thirteen twenty. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. It's a hot one today, folks. Not outside. Outside the weather's very nice, but we're fired up here in the studio. I'm Kyle. That's James. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube. The Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game coming up. In this hour, so stay locked in. We will give you a code word that you will enter at ESPN1320.com at the Jiffy Lube contest page. When you enter that code word, you'll be entered to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. I got names of winners, by the way. Let's hear it. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Jackie in promotions. She, she sent over a list of people who have won so far. We're giving away one of these after every single uh, Kings game. Shout out to Marcus Rodriguez, Preston Williams, Randy Lee, I believe. L-Y is, is the last name, Lee, Lie. Uh, Leslie Chan and David Jackson have been our five winners. You can be the sixth winner today. Just listen for the code word whenever we say it. I am a winner. We'll let you know what it is. Yeah, let me get that. <laughs> let me go find my buttons. I was waiting for it. My bad. I am a winner. Yeah, here we go. I got my buttons. I'm a winner. That could be you. That could be you. Yeah. Go to you know what button? I, you know what button I would have pushed last night watching the Kings? Uh-oh. That. Oh. That's just how I felt overall. Is that the Family That's Feud a, button? It's just a buzzer, just generic buzzer. It has very Family Feud sound, though. It does. It feels like Richard Dawson's going to walk in at any point. There's a direct proportion between how bad an answer is and how quickly they hit the buzzer. <laughs> like, there's a direct, not proportion, correlation. Somebody's like, name something that you don't want to put in the microwave. Or name a food you don't want to put in the microwave. And somebody's just like... Car tire. They don't even say survey says. Fork. <laughs> but when somebody gives a really good answer, they're like, they're like, refried beans. There's like a long delay. Anyways, you had a King's thought before we get into good, bad, and ugly. 
Yeah, yeah. Before we get into because I mean, I'm sure pace is part of the good, bag, bad, and the ugly. Um, it is. Um, uh, but here's the problem that I have. It's that when we're watching the the pace go away, and and someone could say it's because Fox isn't there, and I just have a problem with that because, like, this team knows how to run. Ever Davion Mitchell is not slow. He's not De'Aaron Fox, but he's not slow. Mm-hmm. Like if you put him on a football field, he's like a starting running back. Like he that's who he's built like a, a truck, but that guy can get up and down the court. But it's kind of like the difference between, you know, when someone's driving a really fast car in the fast lane and you're behind them and they're going like 65 in the fast lane and you don't want to go 65, you want to go faster than 65. And then you go to pass them and they just kind of like hit the gas a little bit to show you that their car is fast. hitting the gas. Like what's like there's, I know your car is fast. Mm-hmm. That's not the problem. The problem is that you're not a fast driver. Right. So like someone just has to tell like, go, go like the whole time. And if Mike Brown wants to call a timeout every time they make a defensive mistake, how about you call a timeout and say, if you don't run from here on out, you will not play again tonight. <laughs> Like, that's it. If you do not run, you are sitting next to me and watching the rest of the game. Colby Jones will run. Keon Ellis will run. Jordan Ford will run. Everyone will run that's sitting next to me. They will run because I told them to. You're not doing what I asked you to do, and you're going to sit. And then once, and then on top of that, once they actually get it into the half court, everything is so methodical because that's what they built the pace that's what they've the the piece of the game is that it used to be domas catches it's dribble handoff or if they have that covered up you're swinging it out the ball's moving the ball's hopping everybody's moving around and you're getting an open shot whether it's on the perimeter or a layup there was an open shot for somebody somewhere yes and now it's walk the ball across toss it into domas dribble handoff oh it's not there get it back up to the top and like waiting, and now there's eight seconds, and now you're throwing it to Keegan, who has to throw. It's just a, it's not fun to watch. You know what you don't do, Kyle? If you're the Tennessee drugs. Titans, if you don't do oh. drugs, okay, <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you're the Tennessee Titans, you don't run a hurry up offense and hand the ball off to your gigantic running back every down. Right, right. That's that's not what a hurry up offense is about. Mm-hmm. So that's what it feels like the Kings, like they're just doing a methodical march it down the field. And that's not who they are. And they can't get the ball into the, like walk it all the way there. And then all of a sudden, oh, now we're going to go. Now we're going to go. Right. They're setting the standard right in the beginning of the offensive play. And that standard is that we're going to take our sweet time. Mm -hmm. And we're barely going to make it across the timeline. Like, I, I don't know. You just let. When you're letting defenses get set. Yeah. You're not. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, all right, we know what's coming. All right. You want to do some good stuff from the game last night? Yeah, let's do some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Good stuff. Uh, Kevin Herter looked more normal. That was cool. It did. It, Knocked down a couple threes. You're starting to see him get back to being who he is. His confidence is building. It's not, it's not happening overnight, but what we are seeing is Kevin Herter looks more like Kevin Herter. And that's a good thing for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, whether Kevin Herter is a long-term answer on your team or whether, you know, we, he's not, 
what you need is for him to become a player that you can rely on each and every night to knock down 38 to 40% from three Mm -hmm. and move off the ball and, you know, go get you some rebounds, get you some assists, do the little things, uh, hit a couple of awkward buckets around the rim and uh, just get back to who he is as a player. And that's just not happening. Well, that's starting to happen. I'm sorry. That's starting to happen. I am not ham in our in our YouTube chat at youtube.com slash ESPN 1320 says the good stuff is that the game is over. It's a strong point. Yeah. They got through the 48 minutes. No, Kevin Herter this year starts off one for five, then 0 for five, then three for seven. Okay, there he is. Then one for five, 0 for three, then three for eight. My goodness gracious. He at some point I pr- like law of averages says that he's been a good enough shooter that at some point yeah. he's going to stack a few three for six five for seven, six for eight games in a row where he kind of brings his average back up closer to 40. Yeah, but, I'll take the three for eight as a starter. I'll yeah, you'll take three for eight every single game. Yeah. For sure. Because then you're shooting 37.5%. That's a, I mean, that's fine for That's fine for him, but that's excellent for, for most players. But, I, I mean, he's got to start doing that consistently this year now. Yeah. Seeing it, seeing it, it's the three for seven was like, okay, there's Kevin Herter. He's going to start, oh, one for five, oh for three, and now three for eight. Like, okay, here we go. Now let's get it. I just, I gotta, I gotta see a few of these in a row. Yeah, I've talked about this uh, coming into the season that Malik Monk and Kevin Herter both had like, like if you charted their their mm-hmm. season, it was so like this. Mm-hmm. And somebody needs to like just smooth it out. Like you yeah, need to find of a peaks way. And valleys, to, you need more of a plateau. It's okay to have a bad game here and there, and it's okay mm-hmm. to have a great game here and there, but it's not okay to have. Like, if you're a guy who averages 15 points a game, I realistically need you to go between 12 and 18 every single night. What I can't have is is a 7 and a 26. Yeah. Like, I, I can't have this wide variance. I need to I need you to be more like here where I can start to write and pen that I can predict that you're going to score 14 to 16 right. to get to your 15. Mm-hmm. And that's where, I like, Kevin Herter right now is like all over the board still, but yep. you can see he's starting the the peaks and valleys are starting to get a little bit smaller. Yeah. Um, another good thing last night was Keegan Murray looked a little bit better. I still, I, I I'm still leaning on the theory that I brought up earlier and that's that they got in his ear and said, we need you to be more aggressive this year. You are the third piece of this core. This is a you Domas D'Aaron core. And to do that, you got it. You got not be necessarily "quote unquote" better offensively, just more assertive. And it feels like that assertiveness is manifesting in uh, off balance shots. Um, I don't want over dribbling. Sometimes yeah. I don't. It doesn't. Last night was 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 better, but there were still a handful of those plays where it's like, dude, that is not that is not a good shot. Katie Christensen used a good word for it, and she said he's drifting. Mm. He's drifting Mm -hmm. on his shots. Yeah. And that, to me, made perfect sense because it's really hard to square up a shot when either your shoulders aren't square, your hips aren't square, Mm -hmm. um, or you just aren't set going up. It, It feels like... He he's not strong in his base when he's he's just kind of moving mm-hmm. one way or another. He's it, nothing is like pure, right? And as soon as he clears uh, clears that up, I, I'm sure he'll take off. I also think it's a, a psychological. Like he knows that the yeah. pressure's on him to be better, mm-hmm. and when that's the like everyone knows 
that you're the key to the success. Mm-hmm. The the ceiling of this team is tied directly to you. Yep. Um, you have to own that, and I I think he's he's still thinking about that and not owning it a hundred percent. And once he does, he'll be fine. Well, and we saw last night he he shot one of those drifting threes. Yep. And I texted you and I said, hey, when was the last time he just caught a ball with his feet planted and got a good shot off? And I think it was the next possession. Next possession. Like Boom. next possession. Catches at the top of the key, feet planted, rises, fires, bottom of the net. It's like that he's a good enough shooter that and at some point in his development, he's in year two. Like he, I think for me personally, he was so good last year that I view I view his game in a little bit different context. But he's still he's still in his second season. I think eventually the ability to hit some shots while fading and to hit some shots on the move, like that'll come as he as he builds out his game and he and he expands his game. Yeah. But right now it's just not it's not quite there. So I, I think a a focus on all the things we talked about and getting back into the offense and getting better shots, mm-hmm. that is going to beget more makes for for Keegan Murray. I'm not worried that Keegan Murray suddenly can't shoot. Yeah. I'm not either. Yeah, I mean, no. this is going to be a 40% shooter for his career. Uh, the last, I didn't put it on here, but the other uh, the other good that I want to throw in really quick before... The great, as many as we can find. Uh, the other good is Keon Ellis. Like, he Gosh, really yeah, did come in out. and play well. Um, Keon Ellis brings a crazy energy, and he's a good defender, and he's in your face, and he's great at getting through screens. He's, you know, I, I really like what he brings to the table. 15 points on 5 of 7 shooting, including 4 of 6 from long range. He has become a really, really good three-point shooter, and I think there is a pathway to him becoming an NBA player. And I, I do like Keon Ellis. He's a two-way player right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a guy that was undrafted, uh, and he really does fit what the Kings are doing. So start Keon Ellis? No. Not there? <laughs> no. no. He, was a, he was a definite bright spot last night, though. And on a night like last night where you're digging for anything, even a two-way player having a nice night is is – something to hold on to. So shout out to Keon Ellis. Love to see that for him. Now let's get to the bad and ugly. We'll break that down next with James Hamm. I'm Kyle Madsen. This is the Insiders sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Now back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game. We will announce that next segment. We're almost there. Yeah. I was going to do it this segment. I decided next segment. We need to talk about who it's going to be first. But Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game. What's that? We will tell you a player of the game and give you a code word that goes along with that player. You go to ESPN1320.com and you go to the Jiffy Lube Contest page. It's right there on the front. You enter the code word that we give you and you'll be entered to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. We're giving away one of those after every single Kings game this season. It's amazing. It's really cool. Just wait till December. We're, we're going to tease him. We have like the greatest giveaway of all time. So legitimately, so I've done, man, I, I've been I've been doing radio basically since 2011. Okay. Was when I professionally got into radio. The giveaway that we're doing with Jiffy Lube in December is by far the coolest giveaway that I've ever been a part of. Not even close. I've... I've been part of autographed jerseys, like framed autographed jerseys, mm-hmm. I, shoes, footballs, autographed bats, stuff like that. You name it. What we're doing this December, still the coolest giveaway I've ever I've ever done. I, and I think it's going to be one of those things. Like 
uh, Jiffy Lube is all on board. We're going to build this thing up where like, we're going to have some cool giveaways. We're going to have some cool giveaways all year long, especially like, uh, uh, Valentine's day. I, I think we're going to go all out on Valentine's day. Like a couple of times during the year, we're going to go all out. This is going to be like really, really cool. Giving you free stuff for listening to the insiders. Well, that, and you know what, like this is a, like, I think we all can see like off the distance that, uh, next year could be like a really, really awkward year with uh, the election cycle. And we want to make a safe haven here where everyone can feel like you can come here and we won't talk politics. And Disagree. I'm talking election every day. You're talking election every day. <laughs> Kyle's had enough. No, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have yeah, a good time and we're going to keep up. it light and we're going to make sure that everyone uh, knows that when, when we have to yell and scream, at the Sacramento Kings, we will, or at the the uh, San Francisco 49ers. But we're also, like, always going to be honest and forthright and, like, hey, let's do this. Indeed. That's, that's right. I'm having so much fun with my buttons, guys. You are having buttons. a lot of fun with your buttons today. I don't get buttons. They don't give me buttons. I mean, we could. I could, I could come in there and set up buttons for you. That might be some. I, I might need a button here and there. Just one? Like maybe like three buttons that I that I, I I only get three. We don't touch other people's privates. That's one. There's one. <laughs> I don't need air horns. Those are that's like I'm not the the guy who sets up someone's birthday. I don't know. Okay. All right. You will not be slept on no more. <laughs> you want that one too? <laughs> I like you that. You will one. not be slept on no more, brother. <laughs> See, mm-hmm, I love not. that. You will right. not. We got to finish up good, bad, and ugly here from the, from yeah, the let's Kings do it. 122. Let's do it. 97 loss to the Rockets in Houston. And again, that honestly wasn't even that close. Like, they lost by 25, and it was not like, oh, hey, that was a 25. No, nah, they lost by 30 plus. Yeah, well, let's they were down by 30 for a good portion. Okay, so the what bad. Was bad? Uh, Sabonis smoked by Alperin Shengun. Oof. Um, like this is, I, I, I get, okay, so I'm going to keep saying this. The type of player that Shengun is, the guy who's, the guys who don't leave the ground, they're the ones that Sabonis always tends to have a tough time with. You want to like send Jabari Smith Jr. at Sabonis, he's going to put 30. Like he's going to drive that dude under the basket and he's going to dunk on you. So the Loonies, the Adams, the... The big, like, heavy ground-based center guys are the ones that give uh, Sabonis trouble. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, Shingun is becoming that. Like, he's not super strong upper body yet, but lower body, that dude is, is you know, he's... he's he is... Um, <laughs> the chatty house really makes me choose my words carefully. Yes. He has... Hmm. Okay. He is stronger than I thought he was. Yes, if... Uh, he has more muscle mass than I thought he did. Yes, it, we've talked about this this term. If uh, they used to say Marvin Bagley is light in the shorts, that just means he doesn't have a big a big behind, right? Sure. Alperin Shengun is the opposite. He's, he's, he's thick. There we go. I said it. Now we're in trouble. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's heavy in the shorts and we were no. going <laughs> to really get derailed. No, I, I it's, so I, I was expecting Sabonis to go in and, and really dominate that matchup. And Shengun, I, I said at one of the breaks that I'm a more in on the Rockets now than I was going into these two games. As poorly as the Kings played, you got to credit the Rockets some as well. And I thought Shengun was just a, a 
step above what I thought he was. I, I, I knew he was a good player, but he was even better than I imagined. Yeah, I mean, and people should understand that Shingun is averaging 18.2 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 7 assists per game. Yeah, man. Like, he's... He's a good player. This is a good ball player. He was actually averaging more than all those stats before he faced the Kings. Mm-hmm. He was. Like, he, he actually took a slight step back in his numbers over the last two games. He's played really, really well. The problem is that Demonis Simonis has better than those numbers. Mm-hmm. And didn't play up to those at all. He, he's not. If if Demonis Sabonis is going to be the King's second best player, he can't lose a matchup like that, or, or it can't twice. get dominated in a matchup like yeah, that. Yeah, you can't do it twice. No, no. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's especially a young center who's just trying to come into his own. Yeah. Um, and I, I again, I really like Shangun. So that me was too. number one. Number two, uh, Malik no- Monk no shows. Um, you know, we're still waiting for the full fledged uh, playoff Malik. He hasn't had one of those games yet, um, but he has looked solid. Mm-hmm. He wasn't solid in this game, which I, I think really was bad. A, an issue that everyone else had. Really bad. Uh, and then we can skip straight to Davion Mitchell can't keep up. Um, the 89.4 pace is the lowest since 94-95 win over Dallas on December 29, 2021. We talked about that. Had um, to go all the way back to December of 2021 to find the time. The last time the Kings played a game that slow, yeah, it's not good. Like that—that's Luke not, Walton, right? It's just not who you are. Well, and the problem that Luke Walton had was he was trying to slow it down to teach his players. You know, he ran the fastest pace in the NBA the year before. Right. He got to Sacramento with the Los Angeles Lakers. Everyone thought it was the Kings mm-hmm. in the 2019-20 season or whatever that was. Uh, 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, 20. They thought it was the Kings because that's Dave Yeager and they, they're mm-hmm. running up and down the court and they're super fun to watch. The Lakers actually finish with a faster pace than the Kings. Mm-hmm. So it made sense to bring Walton in to to keep building on the pace, right? Yeah. That's just not... He, he was like, okay, these guys don't know how to play. And Dave Yeager kept saying that. Like, these guys don't yeah. know how to play. I'm trying to work with them on on how to play. Or what I'll do is I'll just cheat and run everybody off the court and we'll try to win 35 to 40 games mm-hmm. so I keep my job, which yeah. is what happened. And the whole time he's trying to teach them how to play. But, you know, again, very difficult to do. So. What was ugly? Ugly. Uh, All of it. The offense. The whole game. The offense is just, I, I don't even know what to say. The offense is just bad. I'm I'm withholding judgment. And again, it's not that it's it's all De'Aaron Fox being out. We've said that a million times. And it's not that they can't fix it. But I'm withholding full judgment on like, dude, they got to do something dramatically different until we see what it looks like with De'Aaron Fox. If De'Aaron Fox gets back in and they're still struggling to hit shots, guys outside of De'Aaron are still struggling to hit shots, then I think we can we can start digging into kind of uh, wholesale changes that need to be made. But mm-hmm. it's not super promising that Darren Fox has been out for three games and they've just looked abysmal in all three of them on offense. Well, you cannot lose your identity when one player leaves the court, Kyle. That's it. That, that's that's it. it. Losing their identity is a great way to put it. It's not that, oh, it looks worse than it does. It's like, no, it just it's not the same. No. It's not the same. It's filet mignon when De'Aaron's on the court, and it's a bowl of Skittles when when he's he's off the court. Yeah. Or like a two-buck chuck steak. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a... I don't know. I just picked a... McDonald's cheeseburger. There you go. 
That's it. Like you cannot lose your identity when one player is gone. That's yeah. it. And that's not who you were last year. So it's startling. It's jarring. Everyone is sitting here like, what in the world just happened? And three games in a row. Three games in a row of Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I don't I don't love it. I don't And on top it. of that, their defense is bad. <laughs> yes. They can't get stops. And no. also they can't score. Like Yeah, you're you're giving what, up one twenty two with an eighty nine pace. The other team's got like an 89 pace too, and you gave up 122 points. That means that they were so efficient, they just stumped you. Like, I didn't, I haven't looked at the shooting percentages from the game or anything else. I've got them right here for you. Yeah, what do you got? Let's see. The Houston Rockets shot 57% from the floor, 48% from three on 31 attempts, mm. and they were 21 of 27 from the free throw line. What? Yeah. They shot forty eight percent from three. From three. Fifty seven percent from 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 the uh, field. From the field. They didn't have anybody. They had zero point. No, Van Vliet shot thirty seven and a half percent. Everybody else shot over fifty five percent or over fifty percent. Yikes! Yikes! Not a good defensive showing. Not a good offensive showing. And you'd like to say just burn the tape, but you have two games like this in Houston. Now you got to look at the tape. Now you got to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, I, I I also know that like listening to Mike Brown, he said you gotta we gotta go, I've gotta go look at the tape. That is that's uh, something. All. It's something that Luke Walton said, and there used to be a drinking game and all that stuff. That's Mike us- Singletary. Yeah, it's usually when um, something's gone horribly wrong and you can't really see it like in the moment, like what is happening. Mm-hmm. You gotta look at the tape, um, but it's something that fans key into, and uh, yeah, not great. Not a good thing to hear your coach say. All right, we have. Somehow more Kings Rockets to get into, but let's start spinning this forward and talking about what it might look like uh, when they take the floor next against the Portland Trail Blazers. We'll do that next. Uh, he's James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, we're back here. Kings fall to the Rockets, 122-97, their second Loss in a row to Houston. That went the opposite of the way I thought it was going to go. That whole trip. Yeah, me too. I I, I was, honestly thought they'd go two and zero. I thought they would win on Wednesday, be five and two, walk into that OKC game, and it would be battle royale, like game on. You and me both, man. Now we're going to go to watch Chet. Is Shea Gilgis Alexander going to play? Oh. That's, I don't think playing? so. I don't. Did he play? Oh, I can look that up for you, Kyle. Okay, that'd be great. I saw the chatty house talking about it, and I don't think I got a definitive answer. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chatty house, youtube.com slash ESPN1320. Maybe you're watching on YouTube, uh, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. If you're there, go ahead and drop a like, uh, especially on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button, subscribe. We would really appreciate that. That uh, helps out me and James. That helps out D'Lo and KC, who are coming up here at noon. So uh, make sure to hit those uh, those like buttons. Yeah, he played yesterday. Okay, good. Yeah, go see SJ and and Chet. He dropped thirty. If they can't, if the Kings can't get up for that game and play well against Oklahoma City, I think that's the point where for me it'll become really like like uh oh, not panic time, not slamming the panic button, but like dusting it off. Okay. That's because you get Portland on Wednesday. You get Portland tomorrow. 
and then you get OKC on Friday. Portland's a team you should beat. Yep. And then Oklahoma City in an in-season tournament game. Court's going to be different. You're in the jerseys. That's a good team that you're conceivably fighting for playoff positioning with. That's a game you you have to go. I, even if you don't win, you have to go play well. Well, that and it's a it's a home game, you know. And then mm-hmm. you have the the Cleveland Cavaliers coming in on on Monday, followed by a six game road trip. Like the schedule doesn't get easier, Kyle. It never does. No. Okay. So let's. Okay. So let's just do this then. Okay. You talked about those five game stretches, right? That's how Mike Brown. Yeah. Breaks everything down. Five game stretch. How do you do? You try and win every five game stretch. Yep. So the first one they go two and three. Yep. Okay. They're already zero and one. Already zero and one in this one, with Portland, Oklahoma City, Cleveland all at home, and then at the Lakers. Like that's got to find a way to go three and two, man. You got to be five hundred by the end of it. You got to go three and one in those four games. Yeah, you got to go three and one from here, right here, and that's. I mean, if you go three and one, you come out of it at at six and six. That's tough though. That's that's why you don't Man. That's why you don't go into five. Houston and lose two games. Yeah. Like his, the last couple of years, those two games in Houston that they always bookmark together, those are two guaranteed wins and you go on about your day. Yeah, that's how that's that's should be easy work. Even yeah. when no De'Aaron Fox. That's why that's that's another reason this is so disappointing. They didn't go get Molly Whopped by a Cleveland, good team, and then Boston at a East Coast trip or something. Oh yeah, no, no. no. This because, isn't no, this is a <laughs> Ugh. Well, but, I mean it's a team you were 4-0 against last season. I mean, that's and, and yes, they have made improvements, but that doesn't matter. Like you're about, you if you want to be the I team that you're going to be. Yeah, if you're you were 3 and 1 against them the year before, so you came into that two game series 7 and 1 over the last two seasons against that team. Mm. Um and uh but realistically like this is the NBA. Any team can beat any team on any given night. We know that. But it's the nature of the loss that bothers me more than just the loss. It's the feel. The feel of the loss. Vibes it's, are bad. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, losing by one point to the Warriors, yeah, that's a gut punch because that team's beat you too many times in recent history. Right. You know, they, they got you in game seven, then they got you the week before, they got you twice in mm-hmm. preseason. So now you're looking at a four game losing right. streak but and that's then boom, more they hit that's you. more like annoying. You're not sitting here it is. picking up the pieces to look for answers. Yes, yes. We're now at the point after these two games in Houston where we're going, geez, all right, do you make a change to the starting lineup? Does Davion Mitchell even fit long-term? Like, why doesn't this work? Are they going to need to change what they're doing offensively? Like, that's kind of the the direction the conversation's headed. And again, they go blow out Portland and then beat Oklahoma City. All's right. They're good. Yep. Which is very much on the table. That's why we're not, you know, making sweeping declarations here. But I'm the 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 Kings of last year. If they find that over the next two games, let's say, mm-hmm. you feel really good that a they're not only beating Portland, but that they're either beating with or hanging Oklahoma City, and either beating or hanging with Cleveland. You're splitting the, 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 they're beating Portland. Let's say you split Oklahoma City and Cleveland, and then you go beat the Lakers. Okay. Which is something I think they should probably do. And I, I to, as last year's Kings team, assuming they get back to that level, 
then you feel pretty good about them going three and one. I think, Kyle, at what point do you say we have to forget about last season's Kings team and this team needs to make their way that, who that, they are? Right Oklahoma now. City. Yeah. That's the game I'm circling. Okay. Because if you can't get back to that against OKC, again, a team you are at home against in an in-season tournament against, whatever that means to you, with Josh Giddy and Shea Gilgis-Alexander mm-hmm. and Lou Dort and Chet Holmgren and holy smokes, this is a really talented team. Both Jalen Williams is good. Lord, okay, he's good. But if you can't get up for that game for this team that, again, this is a team that everybody has passing the Kings this year. When you go look at oh, preseason yeah. predictions, it was OKC is right there in the mix, and then there's the Kings down <laughs> over yonder. It wasn't Houston. No, it was not Houston. So this is a team that, dude, you got to step up. And you got to go play the best game that you can play. So if they do that against Oklahoma City, like I said, win or lose, like if they just play really well, and you know what, they lose a, they lose a, a tight game against a really good team. Okay, you feel fine. But if they go get flattened in that game, that's where I start to go. Okay, forget last year now. Now you got to f- focus in here, and it, it's just it, it's not the same team at that point. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And that's also when you start looking like, okay, mapping out your your transactions for the rest Mm -hmm. of the season. Mm -hmm. Because that's where you do have to make like substantive changes. Yeah. Like, hey, if you got the bad mix, you got a bad mix. So, yeah. I I mean, I I hope that there's a way, like, again, this team did not play well in in preseason at all. Mm -hmm. The Kings didn't. They didn't look like themselves at all. They did not look good in preseason, Mm -hmm. like 100%. And they haven't looked good the first six games of the season. You know, take away the Utah game on opening night. Um, you, you had an overtime win over the Lakers. I mean, this could be worse. Like, easily, they Man. could be one and five. Yeah. So, but they could also be but, three and three if you don't miss, <laughs> if, if Clay Thompson misses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're, you're that close. So, they should have, could have, would Right. So, that's, so that's, again, I've said this nine times. Let's make it 10. That's how all this is couched. There's 76 more games. The season's not over, but <laughs> if you for some reason lose to Portland, who's it like, yeah. real bad? But they, well, I mean, Houston was real bad too before you gave them. With that, right. You got two wins. That's a good point. They were one and three before Portland's, that. Portland's a team that you should be heavily favored against and beat easily. They're, they're three and four on the season. I mean, they're playing hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scoot Henderson can't hit a shot at all, which I like, that's just a shockiness thing ever. I mean, he's shooting. 0.095, uh, 9.5% from three and 34.6% from the field. He's shooting nine and a half percent. Yeah. And it's on 4.2 attempts per game. Yeah. No, no, it's not good. Uh, he is two of 21 from three on the season. Yikes. Yeah. Two of 21. Wasn't the whole thing how he spent his entire summer in the lab with Steph working on his jumper? Hey, man. I, like, Oof. again, I, I love Scoot. He's just moving way too fast. Yeah, he's got, boy, here's a good one. He's got 20 turnovers and 20 personal fouls. He's only got 23 assists. Oh, on, my on God. Season. Yeah, he's got 44 points on the season. Turnovers and personal fouls combined, he's got 40. Let's get our guy. I'm going to I'm gonna hit our buddy Danny Morang and see if he can join us tomorrow so we okay. can figure out what the hell's going on with our guy Scoot. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, like adapting to the NBA. Sure. Hey, Kyle, we got stuff to give away. Oh, we do. We do. Let's give stuff away. Let's do Let's that. Let's make everything Let's better by giving something Hell away. Hell yeah. 
All right, I'm going to hit this music. It's our giveaway music right now. Oh, yeah. You know what this is from? This might have been a little before your time. It's a game show. It is. I say uh, a little before your time like I'm older than you. Um, <laughs> the dating game? No. With Gene Rayburn. Oh, I don't know. Match game. Oh, the match game. Yeah. Okay. It's one of my faves. Shout out Game Show Network. Ooh, I uh, love it. Yeah, no. So here's our Jiffy Loop Fast Break player of the game. And James, we've been able to find um, a Kings player every game we have. so far this season. We've gone through and said, you know what? Not a great game, but here's this player who really stuck out. Let's let's give it to them. Last night was so bad that we did not go get a Kings player for player of the game. I mean, if it was anyone, it would have been Keon Ellis. We could have gone Keon, but but we couldn't. Not when you lose that way. And not when when I'm sorry. When all of your minutes, shout out to Keon Ellis, that excellent in 15 minutes last night of mop-up duty. He got put in in the third quarter. He was a plus 10. Played really well. Yes. And you love that for him, and you hope that he continues taking advantage of his opportunities and becomes a player that the Kings can rely on down the road in the future. But I'm sorry, the this is too prestigious of an award. It is. To just hand out to somebody who who posted numbers in garbage time. It is the Alperin Shinkun Player of the Game Award. I just stole it. Yeah. It's Alperin Shengun. Alperin Shengun. That's going to be our Player of the Game today. So Ugh. you need to go to ESPN1320.com, click the Jiffy Lube tab, and type in Shengun, which is doesn't sound... Sengun. <laughs> S-E-N-Gun. G-U-N. S-E-N... G-U-N is our player of the game. Our fast break, Jiffy Lube, fast break, player of the game. Feels wrong hitting that for an opponent, but... You are He was really winner. good. No, he was really good. So, Alperin Shengun last night, like, let's be objective, right? Alperin Shengun last night, 17 points, 8 boards, 12 assists. He had a steal. He held Domas to 8 points on 4 shots. The assist he had early in the game where he like drove in and got bottled up and almost like out of frustration, just threw a no look pass to the wing and hit whoever the shooter was. might've been Van Vliet just in the chest for an easy three or Jay Sean Tate. It might've been is just not that many centers are making that pass. So shout out to Albert and Shengun. Yeah. Player of the game. Player of the game. There. We need to put a link in the in the chat. Yeah, we can do that. Everyone go and, just and sign up. ESPN1320.com. It's super easy. ESPN1320.com. The the contest page is right there on the front. It says Jiffy Lube. You click on it. You enter the code word, and you're good to go. And you're good to go. Make sure to use an email address that people can see, by the way. Yeah, and this is our, our seventh uh, giveaway. We, we, just, we named our, winners earlier. This is our sixth. Sixth. Oh, or it was our sixth. My yeah. bad. Yeah. All right. I'm yeah. down. I hope so. You can join. Because that's the word. We can't change it now. Yeah, you can join <laughs> winners like Marcus Rodriguez, Preston Williams, Randy Lee, <laughs> Leslie Chan, and David Jackson. 
Congratulations to our winners. You can be the sixth winner today at ESPN1320. Shout out to uh, ESPN1320.com. Shout out to Jiffy Lube for the $100 gift certificates. We'll be giving away one after every single Kings game this year, including disastrous losses like the one last night. That's right. We're not holding out just because the Kings didn't play well. No, no, no. You're still getting your gift certificate. No, and I mean, we're like, so nice. We're gonna like bring the noise here. Like this is, we're gonna be straight up with you. This is wait, like win or lose, like it's a battle, right? I'm gonna try. I, I'm hoping that there are no more games this year. Here's here's the goal. I'm hoping there are no more games this year where we come out of the game and go. There are no Sacramento Kings worth naming mm. I as just, the player of the game. I mean, I don't think that that's going to happen because it really is difficult to like to last an entire season without <laughs> having like all of these without having like a handful of stinkers. Mm-hmm. Like even the best teams have stinkers. That that's fine. Yeah. But two but, in a row? Two in a row to the same team? To the same team that's not even good? I mean, that's just you can't make adjustments. You didn't make adjustments. Like I don't know what what was going on. All right, so there's two so so two things that'll that will happen for the Kings, adjustment or no adjustment. How much does let's let's start with Trey Lyles. He's yet to play this year. How much for you does Trey Lyles help what's going on with Sacramento? He's obviously not going to necessarily help the pace and and that being an issue the last 3 games. But how much do you think Trey Lyles helps in giving Mike Brown that that chess piece of that small ball five and allows him to to mix and match some different lineups? I actually think it helps a lot. Um, like what I'm watching right now, uh, like our guy Sasha, he's he was fun there for a little while, but you know he's shooting 38.2 percent from the field, he's shooting 27.3 percent from three, uh, averaging 5.5 points in 14 minutes a night. Um, like Trey Lyles is a better NBA player today than Sasha Vizenkov is. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean he's always going to be that, but for right now, he's a better NBA player. The Kings need Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles is a very good player who has moments in games, even like what we saw last night, where he'll stem the tide or change the direction mm-hmm. of a game by doing the little things, by getting you a quick uh, six rebounds or by... Yep scoring 10 points and you didn't even see it happen. You're like, boy, that was sneaky. How do you get to 10 mm-hmm. points? Um, like, look, you good teams have players like Trey Lyles on them. And, and I think he makes you better. Well, and you can't, you can't defend the Kings the same way when Trey Lyles is on the floor. No. You talked about teams pushing up on the dribble handoff and forcing the Kings to run their offense basically 35 feet from the basket. And then mucking things up inside when the ball does get down low to Domas where he can't get a shot up and he can't get a clean pass out. With Trey Lyles and his ability to stretch the floor and get out into the corner and clear the paint, mm-hmm. that opens so many things up. That gets Kevin Herter, for example. That gets him going in that in that short to mid-range game. That gets up out to Trey Lyles. Now you're swinging the ball around the perimeter and teams are scrambling and there's Keegan Murray open in the corner, or there's Sasha Vizenkov sneaking in uh, for a for a for a backdoor cut and a layup because uh, the 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 defense is so spread out. We've seen almost none of that, and so I think just Trey Lyles on the court and just the different dynamic that gives the Kings offense. It's another shooter. It's a big that the opposing big has to go guard, mm-hmm. and you have to respect him on the perimeter. That's 
I, I think the Kings are really missing that right now, especially, especially with Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray shooting it as bad as they are. Yeah. Well, and I'm not just going to, like, we need to start lumping some other guys into this whole Kevin Herter and... Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, we do. Um, like, the, the Kevin Herter-Keegan Murray tandem, they're your best three-point shooters, but... I think that's why I go to them. Yeah, but Sasha Vizenkov is shooting 27.3% from three, and he's shooting 3.7 attempts per game. Chris Duarte is shooting 33.3%, not only from the field, but from three. 33.3%. Davion Mitchell, 33.3% from the field. 30% from three. Like, there is a group of players that are not playing well. Mm -hmm. It is not just a Kevin Herter or a Davion Mitchell or a... Uh, you know, a Keegan Murray problem. There is but, a group of players. But this goes back to me to to everything being difficult on offense. Nothing is easy. Everything right. Everything's super yeah. difficult. So you get Trey Lyles back in. The floor spreads out a little bit. Okay, now you get Keegan Murray going to the basket and getting a layup. You get uh, Davion Mitchell able to get to the basket and get, and things just get a little bit easier. Then there's drive and kick and defenses are scrambling. So I think Trey Lyles is going to help immensely. And then the other the other piece of this, of course, is the piece that we've talked about all day, and that's De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, it's not that he's going to. Oh, everybody's shots going to start falling, and now everything's better because De'Aaron Fox is. But in a game where Mike Brown, you hear him talk about your the the King's spirit got broken yesterday. And nobody could lift it back up. Mm-hmm. Like De'Aaron Fox is the player that when an opposing team gets up 12, hey, he's going to hit a three. And then a stop and he's going to come down and he's going to go get an and one. And he's just going to bring that and keep them in a game and keep things from really getting out of control. And that was that was the most discouraging thing for me with Sacramento the last two nights is just how quickly they just let go of the rope. Yeah. It was like first quarter, they're high, oh, well, what are you going to do? And I with De'Aaron on the floor, that just... Even if they're not playing great, I don't think they, you know, for lack of a better phrase, give up the way they did. Yeah, I mean, I think that was, again, not to like single out a single player, but that's where the disappointment was with Malik. Yeah, thousand percent. Where's the energy? Where's the, oh no, this isn't happening again. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no, we're fighting through this. That's not who we are. Where was that moment? And I didn't see it. And what I did see was him like with some fouls. Mm-hmm. like to like uh, like I don't want to be here yeah it's really odd yeah like the whole entire vibe there was strange I don't know what happened in Houston but they need to shake that off and, and move forward I do think it's probably hard being on a two game road trip like that where you probably fly in Friday well, they flew in Friday but they did they did the De'Aaron Fox like high school uh, he got his jersey retired at his high school and the whole team was there Okay. And then they had they, <laughs> then they had Saturday right, you uh, play where, a they, game. where they played. And then Sunday they all sat around their hotel rooms and watched the NFL. You know, and then you get to you get to Monday and it's like, hey, that shouldn't have like maybe there is a crazy busy <laughs> nightlife in Houston on a on a Sunday night. <laughs> but I would assume this team probably had like a team dinner or something. I'm, I'm searching for something that, that justifies whatever the hell happened. No. And it's just not, and I think that's kind of as we as we wrap up with a couple minutes here. I think that's what it all comes down to: is there's not like a fix-all. Oh, this is why, or that's the reason. And I think that's what's concerning. Yeah, and I think Mike Brown has a lot of work in front of him, and mm-hmm. I'm surprised that I didn't get an email telling me what time practice was today. Uh, they're probably watching game film and doing all that stuff. But uh, he does have to watch the tape. I heard. Yeah, he is going to watch the tape. Thank yeah. God. 
And I feel bad for his eyes because they'll be bleeding by the end of it. Because that the watching the tape on this one, it's tough. But I, you know, the one thing he didn't do, he didn't sit there and, and just let it happen. Yeah, I, I thought I putting putting in Colby Jones quick, like, hey, go to Colby. And when that didn't work, and, and he looked around, he said, okay, uh, Jordan Ford, you're up. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you need. Like Alex Lynn, let's go. Like yeah. this isn't who we are. This isn't who we're gonna be. And that that last unit that played, hey, they outplayed their last unit. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's just academic, but it's still good to see your team go out and fight at the end. And, you know, again, Keon Ellis, 15 minutes, puts up a plus, t- a plus 10 on the night and a 25-point loss. That's good. The hope is that there is some adjustment. Mm-hmm. And I think there will be. But the hope is that it's not Mike Brown going, okay, well, the offense is going to figure it out. And if we just try harder on defense, everything's going to be fine. Because it's really clear that's not it. That's not it. There has to be something more. So I'm fascinated to see what it looks like on Wednesday when they're back in action uh, against the Trailblazers. Uh, real quick, another thing that happened last night, the Minnesota Timberwolves knocked off the Boston Celtics. No oh. more undefeated teams in the NBA. No team will be going 82-0 and this season. Mercury Morris is popping champagne. Somewhere, Mercury shout out Morris. To the, shout out to the Wolves. Give the Nuggets their first loss. Give the Celtics their, their first loss. I love it. I love it. I'm still not buying them, but good yeah. for them. All right. We, we didn't even talk about Monday Night Football. Sorry, Chargers. Yeah, well, we did. We got our fantasy football wins. Well, yeah, but we talked about it in that context. We didn't talk that's, about it. That's all win. that matters. <laughs> that's all that matters. All right. We got to go. D-Lo and Casey are next. He's been James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insider Sponsored by Jeff Loop here on ESPN 1320. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Uh, 